<clears throat> Over here on East Street, we are crushed by the loss of John Prine. John and I were new Dylans together in the early 70s, and he was never anything but the loveliest guy in the world. A true national treasure and a songwriter for the ages. We send our love and prayers to his family. Bruce Springsteen on Twitter. American country folk singer-songwriter John Prine released his debut self-titled album in 1971. One of the album's songs, Hello in There, focuses on the life of old people and was well-received by a friend of Prine's who suggested that he should make another song in the same vein. I said everything I wanted to about seniors in Hello in There, said Prine. However, the suggestion gave him the image of a middle-aged woman who felt older than she was. Eventually, I had this really vivid picture of this woman standing over the dishwasher with soap in her hands. She wanted to get out of her house and her marriage and everything. She just wanted an angel to come to take her away from all this. When asked why he chose Montgomery, Alabama as the setting for the song story, Prine said he didn't really know, but it may have to do with the fact that he was a Hank Williams fan. Prine's recent passing has devastated music fans all over. That's right, this week on Cover Me, we're celebrating John Prine by talking about Angel from Montgomery. I am an old woman Named after my mother My old man is another Child has grown old It's dream That's right. It's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions, compares them against one another to find out which one has something to say after going to work in the morning and coming home in the evening. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my wistful co-host, Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. Alex how Mildenberger. Are you this fine day. Um, how am I? Not bad. Not bad. We just had a community day out here. That's uh, Pokemon oh, Go. Yeah. Pokemon <laughs> Go community. Did some did some walking around. Caught some abras. Wild nice. Abra. <laughs> Couldn't teleport away. <laughs> is that their move? Is it called teleport or is it just called escape? No, they do teleport. That's yeah, teleport. that's their nice. thing. Okay. Nailed it. Um <laughs> Alex, but you're 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 keeping a safe social distance while you're out there? Oh yes, of course. You know, uh we're like what are we? Are we suburban? We must be. But it we're yeah, not we're not are. like urban, of course, but like we're sort of closer to the urban area so it's a little bit more foot traffic than like i grew up with but not a lot more so we're we're pretty low population density so we're going out but we're not like interacting right yeah because you're suburban but you're on like a main street there that's your right, yeah right, center yeah. street we're, yeah, yeah it's center street and like we're just north of like 16th ave which is the number one highway across canada so <laughs> across canada we, yeah. we get some traffic around here yeah, that's fair. Um, right on, man. It's good to see you getting out there. We we've been we're doing our best to get outside here. It's tough when there's so many people around. Yeah, I saw some pictures of shells. Yeah, hitting the Got beach. Some shells from the beach, but now they're cracking down on people going to the beach because they're like, if you don't live in the fucking area, you don't get to go to the fucking beach. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, that's fair. Like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. And I mean, you you try to stay away from people and you can do your best, but obviously you can't see any of the stuff that would cause problems so Mm -hmm. stuff to know exactly what would be a problem and what would be okay yeah and it's uh, you never know until you get there and you're like ah fuck everybody else thought this would be abandoned too yeah and like they just canceled summer here in calgary which is to say (laughs) the stampede was officially canceled though we kind of expected it uh folk fest Mm -hmm. was officially canceled um again as expected um yeah so yeah that's kind of that's the vibe here. Yeah, I believe they've canceled the P and E here as well. 
not, not surprised. Yeah, it's uh, pretty much everything's getting canceled, baby. So it's gonna be cancellations for a while now. Mm-hmm. But you know what that means is we're gonna go buck wild in 2021. 2021 is gonna be dead. yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be crazy, but a little less populous. Yeah. Um. But we'll probably be fine. I mean, yeah, probably statistically, and- every like most people are gonna survive. Yeah. Obviously, that's not. That doesn't mean anything. But like. Oh uh, yeah, no, that's that's that. <laughs> like more than half of the here. Earth will still be around. Yeah, we, we the, yeah we as a race will continue on the human race that is. Yeah. Um, speaking of people who died from coronavirus, John yes. Prine, Alex, I never have ever heard of John Prine in my life until he died. Neither have I. I've been like looking through his songs, and I haven't heard them. I haven't heard covers. Um, it sounds like a lot of the artists I like, like John Prine, mm-hmm. but personally, I've just not, I haven't heard the name, I haven't heard the songs, nothing. He seems nothing. to yeah, be more too. on the, like, country side. So, yeah. for me, I would have not gone for that, just based on the name, sort of. Um, but... But any artist that is like kind of like country rock crossover would probably have that or like country rock folk roots kind of thing would be familiar yeah. with it. Would, and, and so, shit, I had something to say on that and I forgot it. Yeah. No. Fuck. <laughs> John Prine. Um, John Prine. Talking about. Yeah, like, oh, um, like, yeah. Yeah. It brought it back to me somehow. Uh, he was called, uh, in that Bruce Springsteen quote I pulled, he right. and Bruce Springsteen were both called kind of the new Dylans. Yeah. So that, that like Americana folk vibe. Yeah. In like the early seventies after Dylan had been around for a couple of years and I mean, arguably was still relevant, but mm-hmm. actually I'm amazed nowadays. I seem like, like five or six years can be a long time in terms of like a musician's career. Cause you can be like, Oh, didn't that song come out like a, a long time ago, but it hasn't it's only been a couple of years. Right. So yeah. it seems silly, but anyway, they were like, as in terms of like lyricists and especially back then when Bob Dylan was like more ver or not Bob, Dylan, Bruce Springsteen was like more verbose in, in his lyrics. Like if you listen to yeah. like those first couple albums, um, like pre, darkness on the edge of town um kind of stuff um and that was sort of what they were compared to and they were on that countryside yeah. too yeah and so this is early john prine another thing worth noting on the fact that neither of us really know about him right so first let me finish the one thought sure. early john prine 1971 so this is in the the sort of era when he would have been called a new dylan um which i having listened to the song i can see some elements of why you would say that um, also, being unknown, this is his most covered song, uh, according to Secondhand Songs, anyway, 45 covers. Not even popularized by him, though. Um, it's not until 1974 that this song gains any traction. We'll be talking about that cover today, Yeah, but I will and remain mysterious as to who it's by. It, it's pretty obvious afterwards, as well, that which version's being covered, even though it's not that different. Yeah, there is uh, just some, like, key like differences that yeah. you go oh this is pulled from that version yeah um with that alex should we uh jump right into the lyrics on this let's talk lyrics i mean that's kind of what he's really known for mm-hmm. like as, as i guess it's like 
We say songwriter, but I think usually when we say songwriter, we mean lyricist. Even yes, though I'm not, I'm not gonna like argue is... semantics, but like semantic, S- Seman- <laughs> semantics, semantics, yeah. Uh, but like, I feel like that's usually the focus when we say songwriting, even though there's like more to it. Yeah, because I mean, songwriting, I like technically it encompasses the whole, like every piece of a song, right? I would think so. Yeah, so it's both like composition of music and writing of lyrics. Yeah. So in any case. Not to get too pedantic about it, but he is, like, thought of, kind of spoken of as a songwriter. Yeah. Yeah, in the same sense that, you know, we use the uh, the compound uh, word singer-songwriter. Right, right. To cover a lot of people. It's, to cover it's a lot a, of things, ge- yeah. Yeah, and that's what, that's what he was called on Wikipedia, American country folk singer-songwriter, so, yeah. Now, the first line of this is... Uh, it's I am an old woman named after my mother, which I, I think we could stop and talk about that line for a second. Sure. John Prine is not an old woman. That's true. He's writing a song about an old woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like a, a middle-aged woman. Yeah. Like not necessarily like old, old. Like she's not a senior necessarily. It doesn't really specify. But it sounds like she and her husband, who gets introduced later, like – they're still kind of like working age and I don't get the idea that they're like gray hair or anything like that. No, it's more like the feeling of being old than the, yeah. the actual, like, you know, the actual earned age. Right. Um, right yeah, I guess so he's writing from the, he said a middle-aged woman who feels older than she is. Yeah. So, yeah. And this is a, like a real, it's just like a, it gives you kind of everything you need to know in the first line about this character. Like, I'm an old woman named after my mother. I've never seen just, like, such a, like, blunt intro. Yeah, it's like, there, there's your background. <laughs> I mean, there's more background, but... Yeah, there's yeah, more, it's like, but it's this just is the like, character. hey, this is who I am. And it's also kind of interesting. I would not expect, in most cases, that a song, especially a song, not just a song written about a character, but a song written about a character who's, like, a different like sex or gender or whatever to be told from the yeah. first person mm-hmm. like you'd be like she was a an old woman or something you know that would be what i would expect and i think that's what most yeah. people would do because it would be a little bit awkward mm-hmm. probably more so in the 70s that to sing first that person angle is like part of what makes this song work because if he'd have been like well marianne is a middle-aged woman who feels like she's old she's named after her mother like it's right i mean even like you you've sung it that way but it does sound more dylan-y you know it's a little yeah. more distinctive this way and I, I i it was probably a good decision um but on an unexpected one yeah um then we pull into the next line which is my old man is another child that's grown old um, we'll tackle that because it, it's it's attached to the first line. So old man in here, I believe, refers to her husband. Yeah, I'm always unclear on whether old man is a is a husband or a father. Mm-hmm. She mentions her mother and then her old man. Yeah. So maybe it would just imply that like she didn't have a strong paternal figure. It could, kind be, of say it could that. also be that, uh, uh, like, we're, we're using, because she, the first thing she talks about in the first line 
is herself and her mother. So is it possible that old man is working for both the husband and father in this? I suppose it could be. And then the other side, like when she talks about a child that's grown old, does that mean an old person who acts like a child, like is immature? Does it mean, is it just like a kind of, I don't even know how to describe it. Like just saying like everyone's a child and everyone gets old. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm struggling. Is it, What's what value are we placing on childhood? Is it immaturity? Yeah, yeah or exactly. Is it, or like know, wonderment. The value of youth. Yeah, yeah like it's like, like she's like, oh, like my father acted this particular way and he like followed his dreams or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's trying to say? And now she's kind of trying to figure out why she isn't in the same boat or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I think given the value we've placed on old already, just going from what John Prine has said about the song. Right. I think we we value the child positively, and growing old <laughs> is like the sin or the bad thing. Okay, I see. And then even the use of the word "old" in here again comes up in line four. This old house, and I guess let's move forward here. If dreams were lightning, right. thunder were desire, this old house would have burnt down a long time ago. Which is a which is a fun like metaphor thing, like analogy. Like if these two things were these other two things. We would have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. But I actually, I do think it's effective. And I do oftentimes dislike analogies for being kind of irreverent and not necessarily just nonsensical, but kind of weak. But I think Mm. this was, I, I think this is effective. Yeah, I think it's got a real weight to it. It's like if my hopes and dreams and like my desires had any weight, like any physical properties like where i am now which is where i do not like to be would have been fucking yeah, destroyed just completely destroyed yeah yeah that's like that's how powerful my yearning is yeah and also this isn't really like the way it's written as well it kind of flips it's like if dreams were lightning and thunder were desire so it kind of says like thing like comparative comparison and then comparison thing i don't i'm sure mm-hmm. there's better terms for that but like it flips it, which is, it's not okay, awkward, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's kind of strange. Like I would think if I was just thinking about it, I would think of them both in the same order, you know? Right. And yeah, maybe it's just for like and desire was thunder. Yeah. But it feels kind of more, more natural way of speaking. I think this way. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. It it rolls off the tongue yeah. more naturally. So, I don't know, it's kind of an interesting line. That it seems like either thought went into that line or like either a lot of thought or a lot of just like feeling went into that line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or both maybe. Yeah, it's something like that line that pair of lines there hits right there in yeah. both like yeah. Very solid start. Um that brings us into the chorus. Make me an angel that flies from Montgomery. Make me a poster of an old rodeo. Just give me one thing that I can hold on to. To believe in this living is just a hard way to go. So I guess an angel from Montgomery refers to a a governor's pardon. So for a prison sentence. That's then that genius annotation seems to contradict information that I found that said John Prime oh. didn't really know why he picked Montgomery. He says it's because he's a Hank Williams fan and Hank Williams is, has connections to Montgomery. Interesting. So then 
it wouldn't be an angel from Montgomery necessarily. Like in that sense, it would be some other thing, or just like an angel. Yeah, just like in the more and Montgomery I, I, is a place literal sense. Yeah, Montgomery is just where she is. <laughs> yeah, well, so I was I sang this line yesterday uh, around mm-hmm. uh, J- Jacob, um, mm-hmm. who's as you know one of my roommates, um, and he was like, "Oh, so you want me to kill you?" <laughs> so <laughs> is that like she's not talking about suicide here, is she? I no, I don't really get that idea. She's just talking it, about like freedom of, of being able to fly. Maybe. Yeah. That's kind she's of She's talking about freedom and then there is an idea of like death attached to it. I mean anytime you bring an angel into that that's right. taking you from something. But she is by her own account an old woman. Right. And and like this like even this old house that could refer to her physical location that could refer to like herself as like this old house, like this old like way of being essentially. Right. Kind of like thing that's holding her in. That's like comfortable, but it's aging. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in saving herself from this lifestyle, like that lifestyle has to die. So there is that. Right. It's like, it's like death, but not necessarily in the most literal base sense. Right. She's not dying, but she's becoming an angel through some mm-hmm. sense of death. I- and I'm not even sure if she is becoming an angel because is she then also becoming a poster of an old rodeo? Um, well, I do. The other thing, I mean, she's becoming like the poster represents like this idealized version of what she wants to be. Mm-hmm. This sort of nostalgic freedom here. The interesting thing about that one is that old then becomes like a positive thing where it's been used negatively so far. Right. Because now we're looking at like these old hand drawn images of cowboys just like mm-hmm. in their ideal form yeah which i mean i've we've seen plenty of that in calgary like we get not so i mean it's changed nowadays but in uh for anyone who's not been there which i'm sure probably most people haven't in at the, on the stampede grounds uh in the i think roundup center is one of the buildings there there's a hallway you can walk down and they have copies of um, all the old stampede posters stretching mm. like back as far as they can get. And there's some that are missing and they say like, if you have any information on how we can like find one or like, you know, someone who has this like in a storage locker or something somewhere, like let us yeah. know. Um, so they're just trying to like get all these old posters, but yeah, all, all the old ones are these like kind of old style hand drawn images mm-hmm. with various like cowboy cliches on them. Yeah. So, and to come back to the the make me bit, whether it refers to becoming that or not, just going back to the John Prime quote when he's talking about the concept of this song, he says she just wanted an angel to come to take her away from all of this. Oh, okay. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the that that's the correct interpretation. Right. Of that line. Right. I mean, at the very like. An angel also just, like, in terms of, like, a guardian angel or a savior of some kind. Like, just mm-hmm. something to save you from where you are. Whether it's your own ability to fly or something to swoop in. Like, I think both are yeah. valid. I think, And even with Make Me a Poster of an Old Rodeo, if you're the prominent image on a poster promoting a rodeo, you'd be like, yeah, that's me on the poster. Like, yeah, I'm the poster for the rodeo. Right. 
Like, I feel like the grammar could work there, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, also in this case where this old is just, like, like, it's saying old, but because it's this, like, nostalgic feeling, it's about feeling young kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's, yeah, yeah. That is a good observation. Just give me one thing that I can hold on to, whether that's this idea of a rodeo or just, you yeah. know, it's some, some bit of hope. And then to believe in this living is just a hard way to go is seems to say to me that to believe that this is life is really just to die painfully. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's obviously not what she wants. She wants mm-hmm. something to change. Um, we're gonna jump into verse two mm-hmm. now, where uh, she says, When I was a young girl, well I had me a cowboy. He weren't much to look at, just a free rambling man. But that was a long time, and no matter how I try, the years just flow by like a broken down dam. Which is a pretty good, pretty good little simile there. Um, you get we get a flashback. This is her early life, where we don't find out what happened to them yet, um, mm-hmm. and we kind of don't. Anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, but this is just her. She's remembering this like romance from her youth. Yeah, this, this, uh, this like, this is kind of her like. Also, there's a bit of nostalgia kind of that came up with the poster, so could be involved here too. But like, there's just this this guy who represents this kind of idealized form of a cowboy, who's like mm-hmm. literally just like riding and like wandering around. Yeah, free rambling man, which like in country and folk terms is pretty much the greatest thing you can be. Yeah, that's like that is that is peak cowboy. And of course, to life. to to like make it like slightly more realistic, we get the the line he weren't much to look at. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's inter- It's just an interesting like other detail, I guess. Not mm-hmm. even necessarily in- like it. Like it just didn't matter. Like clearly, her interests are not necessarily in that. It, she just wants this sense of freedom, and that's what she's been singing about, and that's what she kind of admired about this person. Yeah. Now, my question to you, Alex, is, is the cowboy her husband who lost his freedom or is he did she lose her opportunity with this cowboy? That's uh, that's my question, too. I mean, <laughs> that's I mean, I guess that that's the next verse. Right. Um, so the next verse is there's flies in the kitchen. I can hear them. They're buzzing. And I ain't done nothing since I woke up today. How the hell can a person go to work in the morning? And come home in the evening and have nothing to say. So those last two lines kind of paint this picture of this like dead marriage. Mm-hmm. But is that the same cowboy who has now lost their their sense of adventure or whatever? Um, yeah, a child that's grown old. Yeah, is this the child that's grown old? Quite possibly. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I like because either way, I think either interpretation is still strong. Yeah, it doesn't really matter that much who is who. Mm-hmm. Um, according to dictionary.com, both a father and a husband are valuable uh, interpretations of the term old man. Yeah. So, and like you said, maybe it could kind of be both. Like, like it's this pattern of like people growing up from these vibrant freedom loving young people into kind of more oppressed 
older state where they're locked into this life. Yeah. It's got a bit of like, it's making me think of Fast Car now and the relationships we see in that one with the father and the, the lover she has, where both the father and the lover kind of go down a similar route. Right. It's just a little bit less explicit or mm-hmm. it's doubling up, and but kind of painting this picture of of at least we can see this is happening clearly. Like there yeah. was a sense of going from freedom and then becoming trapped, regardless of who's who. Mm-hmm. And one thing I'll add to the to this verse, just the, there's flies in the kitchen. Uh, flies often, you know, they 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 gather around rotting food and, yeah. of course, rotting corpses. So that yeah. brings this idea of death right into the heart of this woman's home, the kitchen. You know, that's that's generally the source of life. That's where food's made, but it is dead. So to to really pile on on what's you know said in the chorus to believe in this living is just a hard way to go right we get this imagery of flies in the kitchen which is just like i think very good like icing on the cake yeah it's another strong especially because she's just like kind of hanging around the house also it's the 70s there's more of this like housewife kind of Mm. attitude i would imagine because that is her space Yeah. yeah i suppose so and also she's she's just not doing it she's so there's some like kind of depression there where she's just or that's what it sounds like you know where she's yeah. just like uh i mean like there's flies there's clearly something to be done mm-hmm. right like there's something that needs to be cleaned or whatever because there's like something rotten or, or or maybe the garbage needs to be you know whatever but she can hear the flies mm-hmm. and she just doesn't care and she's just says i haven't done anything since i woke up today and then yeah just like sitting around and yeah. I, I would imagine, like, as a housewife, like, the idea of the housewife is, like, she's cleaning and cooking all day or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But she's not, evidently doesn't want to do that and, like, isn't yeah, doing that. Yeah, very clear. She's just listening to the flies buzz and wondering why there's this other person just comes home and, and doesn't say a word. Mm-hmm. There's not even a real relationship anymore. Yeah. If there ever was one. Mm-hmm. I assume I assume there was. I assume there was. Um. Yeah, and that's that is the full lyrics. It's a very uh, very uh, sad image of yeah, it of is yearning of this like. I, I'm filling in the blanks with like very rural imagery, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Talks about cowboys and stuff, but also like it's country song. So yeah, like I think the music and yeah the country references help to fill in those blanks. Yeah. Um. I also like the end. I mean, it kind of starts with this, like, oh, there's flies in the kitchen. Like, you can hear them. But then goes into this. She doesn't say, like, he comes home and he doesn't say anything. But it's, like, it's like very much, like, like a, a line saying, like, how can this even happen? Like, it's, it's a question, yeah. you know? It's not, it's not a statement. Yeah, again, like, the, the, the line about the thunder and lightning. Yeah. It's very, it's written very organically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, with that, we are going to talk about the instrumentation on this, um, which begins with, I believe, piano and also church organ, I want to say. Yeah, well, definitely some kind of organ. Mm-hmm. I never know what kind of organ it is. I think, I, I think I'm drawing that country line of church organ, because <laughs> I'm like, no, you know, it's, it's <laughs> rustic. I mean, it's very possible, although this is kind mm-hmm. of the, uh, his, 
Oh, no, that's not true. Yeah, so yeah, that that is what comes in. Like, piano chords and then this organ. Yeah. And then we get a guitar coming in, doing some... It's pretty sparse work. Just like some... A couple slides, a couple note hits here and there. Yeah, I mean, I... To me, the instrumentation, the way it sounds is not like super duper unique like i could just say oh yeah it's country music sounds but it's definitely on the sparser side as well and that kind of like fits in with the the mood of the song not being like mm-hmm. huge it does do some build yeah but not like even slowly really, throughout like, the song much. but not huge like this one doesn't do like a nuts build no it doesn't have like a bunch of backup singers not like strings come in or anything um mm-hmm. uh there's i mean and 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 the instruments themselves are pretty straightforward like country fair like you got that the piano and that organ stuff that you hear in a lot of country music particularly older stuff um and then like acoustic guitar and like this like sliding like pedal steel type deal that's where they do a lot of the slides um there's and i mean that's like kind of like the way i just like it's a slow country like ballad type setup uh yeah there's some like bluesy riffs on that guitar mostly because of the like sliding around and stuff yeah because it does like a little noodling on the side yeah but really like it stays very static which uh, we've talked about songs like this before where like they're about being stuck or trapped and Mm -hmm. like they don't change much and like it kind of makes sense because the whole point is like hey things aren't changing and that's the problem. Yeah. Like, the problem isn't solved in the song. No, it's certainly not resolved. And even like things like his voice, which I will say has a very Bob Dylan quality to it, just in sort of the nasaliness of it. Um, it's very even throughout the song. There's not these big, huge like punches or any lines he really belts. Yeah, he's not it's, like screaming out something. Yeah, it's very resigned. It's just like, this is how I fucking feel. I've been feeling like this for God knows how fucking long. Yeah. And I guess I'm going to keep fucking feeling this way. Um, He made some comments about how when he listens to this first album, because this was his first album, um, Mm. he, you know, you can tell, like, or he can tell he's holding back a bit because, you know, it's his first time being a professional musician, right? Right. So, I don't know. That's kind of... Not that relevant, but maybe that's part of it. But mm-hmm. it also makes sense. Yeah, makes I wonder, maybe we should have taken way. a look at, I didn't read that quote, or I might have, but like some later live versions that he does of this. Yeah, that might have been See interesting. See if he plays it up a bit. Which might be more interesting for a li- in a live show setting, but mm-hmm. I think this is a pretty good setup for a song. Yeah, I think whatever restraint he put on this was, uh, at least for this track, a great idea. I think it really plays. Um, yeah, and the only other thing, like, I have one specific thing to mention. Uh, mm-hmm. The One example, this happens around 139, where the organ gets this, like, really long attack and sounds like it's doing this, like, charging thing. It just just like, whoop. I don't know how you do that, but it sounds kind of cool. Oh, whoops, I'm on the song Clay Pigeons. I was like, no, Alex, you're fucking full of shit. (laughs) Okay, hang on. Oh, yeah, I hear that. Anyway, that was a a cool sound. 
I like to point out cool sounds sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes that's, that's all we have. Yeah. Um, this one does the coward's fade out, though. It does do the coward's fade out. I don't think it's even the only one that does. No, it certainly isn't. But, I mean, given the fact that this song, it's about things not changing, the mm-hmm. fact that the song doesn't end properly almost makes sense. Yeah, I almost, like, I have I don't really have a problem with it in this context. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like you said, it doesn't really get resolved, so why should the song resolve properly? Yeah. So, I don't know if that was the intention, but it it I can explain it, even if it's kind of bullshit. Yeah. Maybe. I'll allow it, you know? Yeah. Slides by me. Um, Anything else to say about the original? No. I mean... Nope. <laughs> nope. All right. John Denver, 1973, is our first cover. John Denver. I am an old woman Named after my mother My old man is a mother Child that's grown old John Denver, like American country folk singer as well. Uh, he's John Denver, Rocky maybe, Mountain High, maybe on a jet plane, uh, fucking country roads. Yeah, maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you've heard of him. West Virginia. Oh, mama. Et cetera. Et cetera. So this one is already longer than the original. It's four minutes, 49 seconds compared to three minutes and 44 seconds. Yeah. That is the longest version we'll be talking about today. It is. It's, uh... It really puts more focus on the that acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Sounds more like a like a I guess a John Denver song, obviously. Yeah. Um, it starts with a little less. He starts with this little like bam bam like kind of countryish folky. <laughs> I know that's a very general thing to say. Yeah. Uh, acoustic guitar is just like kind of picking strumming thing, like his own little riff. Mm-hmm. That's kind of his addition here before mm-hmm. he gets into the like verse yeah you know he sings like john denver if you like the way john denver sings yeah you're gonna like this like and he's got a good voice yeah. um this one does like the the very blown up idea on the instruments throughout the track of really building an instrumental swell it does but like at first, it didn't seem – it's kind of like it's exponential. Like, the first mm-hmm. verse is just, like, that acoustic guitar. And then the second verse adds, like, a bass. And then yeah, the third then verse, the- there's this electric guitar that's, like, playing little riffs. And then they go to the chorus after that, and it's, like, strings, drums. Like, everything comes in there. And, like, I think there's even a chorus. Like, are there backup singers there? I think so. Yeah, you're right, though. It goes from, like, a, a pretty uh, gradual build-up to just, like, here's fucking everything. Yeah, and then it's just, like, boom. Oh, we di- we finished the verses? Let's go. Like, yeah. it's, it's sudden, very sudden build. You know, I don't think he has backup vocals. No, he doesn't like, seem to backup vocals. But Everything else is there, like, strings. Fucking, he doesn't have brass either, which some other people will do, but... Yeah, like, yeah. He goes from like just like pretty quiet and chill, like the original, just like. Ugh! Yeah, which I guess kind of more performative, because like he still stays like, in terms of like the theming, he still stays pretty even through most of it, and then just like kind of goes all out at the end, mm-hmm. which makes sense in terms of a performance, I think. 
Yeah, because, and playing like, on the idea. Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, because that's you know you when you you build you build at the end. That's how it goes. Yeah, you build at the end. So yeah, from a performer standpoint, yes, and I think for like like lyric justification, this is this is the thunder of desire. This is all of the instruments coming in to be like, we really fucking want this angel to come. Yeah, it Here does it make sense. It does make sense because it doesn't have to be like even and tired, uh, although that works too. So you can do anything with mm-hmm. this song, and it makes you can sense. Do whatever you want. Um, but yeah, it's it's just very much like a slightly different kind of nineteen nineteen seventies folk country yeah. style song. And like it's good, but I also understand why it didn't really catch on yeah when we when we compare it to the version that's coming up i don't know if you have anything else to say about john denver's no i don't have i don't have much to say about john denver okay well we're gonna talk about is it bonnie rate i've always said rate which is to say okay. i've been saying rate for the last couple of days there um, you go always <laughs> which is always uh, bonnie rate me. 1974 so that's rate spelt r-a-i-t-t i am an old woman This is, she's an American blues singer, guitarist, songwriter, and activist. Lots of critical acclaim, but very little commercial success until 1989, where she dropped her 10th album. This is 1974. This song actually got a lot of traction, of course, a lot of critical acclaim. One thing I want to note, just real quick, her dad, John Raitt, was a Broadway star who starred in such brilliant musicals as The Pajama Game. I did notice that. Um, (laughs) So... I don't. I still don't know what the pajama game is about. Other than a factory, I think that makes pajamas. Yeah, it must be. Um, it's, I like. It seems like a fake musical. It to does. Me, you know? it's <laughs> it does. So for background, Jake and I. I'm talking to the audience now. This feels weird. Yeah, I know. I, I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, did one song from the pajama game in our musical theater class in the tenth grade, back in like 2000 nine yes because yeah we've been 10th grade 2009 yeah we've been eight nine um what was the song we raced some about racing with the clock oh you're racing with the clock you're racing with the clock and we second hand does <laughs> understand you're back to break your fingers if your constitution isn't made of rock exactly yeah so and our role in that song was to run around in circles around everyone else right. the entire time and then just like we just ran around like that was our entire role yeah uh so that's our background with the pajama game and we have not ever looked it up we have never been curious no. to learn more about the pajama game <laughs> the pajama game um uh, that said we're talking about bonnie Raitt now we're talking about bonnie Raitt. Um, oh, I have one more thing to say about her. She's right. number 50 on Rolling Stone's Greatest Singers of All Time list and number 89 on their 100 Greatest Guitarists list. That's pretty cool. I um, haven't really seen her play guitar. I looked up a video. You know, I looked up mm-hmm. videos for this song, and there's one live video of her. Didn't watch it, though. I have the tab open. Mm-hmm. I forgot to watch it. <laughs> Classic. Um, there it is. Anyway, um, yeah, she's, like, important, right? I've just not mm-hmm. heard of her. Like she gets associated with these like roots rock, kind of like blues, folk, country s- stuff. Like she gets, I think, 
every once in a while she'll come up like I'll read a thing about like Bruce Springsteen was like opening for Bonnie Raitt or something like yeah in the mid seventies so it's like she was around she was popular just not something that we ever really came across yeah. Um, I got one quote from her here about this song specifically. She says, I think Angel from Montgomery probably has meant more to my fans and my body of work than any other song, and it will historically be considered one of the most important ones I've ever recorded. It's just such a tender way of expressing that sentiment of longing, like hello in there, without being maudlin or obvious. It has all the different shadings of love and regret and longing. It's a perfect expression from a wonderful genius. Yeah, and uh, she does a pretty good job performing it, too, if I do say so myself. Yeah, I I think this is, like, I can understand why this is the one that got a lot of traction behind it. And, one uh, of the most, like, obvious and dumb ones, but we, we as a, a collective, you know, human humanity are pretty dumb, is that she is a woman singing this. That's true. <laughs> that's true. And it's, that's, she's the first one. That's only the third version, <laughs> but uh, she did seem to popularize it um her version of it musically um i the the most distinctive thing that it adds for me is this Mm -hmm. like little bass riff at the start kind of just like boom 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 you know yeah and that comes up like in i think every other version after this like or most of them yeah, most of them will take some kind of crack at that. Yeah. Um and yeah, that's kind of that's that's the thing. That's the big thing. She does a similar trick to John Denver where we get a build up of instruments as we carry on. Um she kind of balances but by always bringing strings on the chorus. Uh but yeah, near once we get to the final verse like we got brass right. and shit going on. Right. Banjo right. and shit. And but she does it in a much more gradual fashion. It's not such a sharp. Yeah, it's less like, of this like cliff switch. wall mm-hmm. that we see with John Denver. Um, and yeah, yeah. there's uh, just yeah. So she does that progression well. I think her singing is excellent on this. She like just from that quote, you can tell that she gets this song. Right. Yeah. This song definitely means something to her. And yeah, you can tell that from her performance. Like mm-hmm. she, hers is less like even than we get with the original and even with just John Denver's in the way it's like sung and performed. Like there are lines where you can clearly tell she's like putting a lot into it. Yeah. Like she's changed these enunciation and stuff to like really like, and it becomes clear that like she's, she's done it because that's the way the song like feels to her. Yeah, it's not just like I'm doing a cover of this and this is what a performance needs to sound like. It's not like this needs to sound like the original. This is like her doing a take on it and she she knows what that take is and she knows how to achieve it. Yeah, absolutely. Um and yeah, it's it's fucking like stellar like the like even the elements she brings in to build all seem to just complement her rather than like any ever overtaking her like the focus is constantly on the vocal performance yeah and it it's yeah more so than john denver for sure because that one just like had so much build and then at the end there was just so much stuff and this has Mm -hmm. still a lot of stuff a lot of that like instruments you would associate with this genre like you get the acoustic guitar you get the banjo you get the slide like lap steel um 
And then there's some brass too, which is kind of associated, but like less, I think. So that's yeah. kind of cool. Um, that you do get some brass, and there's like, oh, sorry, I've been reading bass as brass. As brass. Uh, <laughs> in my notes, but there is brass, right? I'm not crazy. Yeah, yeah, there's brass, and it kind of like hits at the end of line she does near the end there. So she's like, make me an angel, burn a barrel. Um, you know. Okay. That yeah. Kinda, like uh, good accenting. They also get like like the the bass riff we mentioned before that gets kind of inserted throughout the song like between lines and stuff. There's also yeah. a time uh in the third verse. Oh right, the brass comes in in the third verse. Um but like kind of at the end. Uh closer mm-hmm. to the end. Um but there's also it sounds like they're going to do this like breakdown for a second. Mhm. Like it like you get the like some drum like kicks from the drum and like everything kind of seems like it's going to stop, but like doesn't just like go right back into the song. Yeah. I do remember that. I wish I had a timestamp. It's in the third verse. I think like the end. Yeah. 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 It's like a, I think it's around three Oh five. At least that's a, like a big drum transition. Um, I had something else to say, but I've lost it now. <laughs> Uh, backup vocals on the chorus. Yes, you get some harmonies there. Mm-hmm. And they don't distract. They really serve to... They kind of serve as, like, the, the undercurrent. They kind of just lift up her vocals. Yeah. Yeah. But really, really solid version. Really well done. Yeah, this version kicks ass. Um, anything else to say about it? No, I don't think so. All right, time to butcher a Swedish man's name. We got Totten Naslund in 2002. <laughs> Jag är en gammal kvinna Döpt efter min mamma En man är en pojke Som aldrig blev stor There's an umlaut above the A in Nasland, so I don't know if that means it's Nasland or... Mm, taught in Nasland. And so we got... His is angel from montgomery but it's like however you say angel and from him yeah he says it in the song he says it like angel or something like that yeah and then from montgomery and then he says montgomery because it's a proper noun Mm Hmm. so this he's a swedish blues musician and actor um died in 2005 of liver cancer at the age of 60 the month before he died he was a big bob dylan fan and he visited bob dylan's hometown hibbing minnesota I just thought that was interesting. And he, like, did a concert of Bob Dylan songs, I think. Yeah. And he was recording a, an album of Bob Dylan covers or something when he died? Yeah, he, it was, like, scheduled, or they were, like, mid-recording it. Yeah, and he passed. So he's a big Bob Dylan fan. And Bob Dylan is associated with John Prine. Yeah, so there at you times. go. The circle is complete. Look at that. Um... This version is interesting because, like, he has a very convincing, like, country voice. Mm-hmm. But then he's, like, not singing in English. And it, <laughs> it was a bit surprising that yeah. he has, like, such a good country sound. Yeah, he got, he's got that real, like, kind of, like, gruff tone. Sings nice and low. Yeah, that I would like not normally associate with Northern Europe. Not that there's any reason it couldn't be associated with Northern Europe. I just usually don't. 
But yeah, given that this is kind of like country styled, like that's very much an American genre of music. Right. So but, to hear this guy taking a pretty fucking decent crack at it is like you're like, what what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. It it was a bit surprising. Um He kind of opens with it's like it's kind of like a train sound. I think it's just like a shaking kind of percussion, but it sort of has that yeah. like, like chugging train sound. Yeah, and that remains consistent throughout the song. Yeah, and I mean it doesn't get mentioned in the song, but like kind of the imagery of like being trapped somewhere with the train goes through. That's not something that I mean that's not a new idea, you know, like where the train no. represents kind of freedom as well. Because that's right, the, the like way to leave your to town, it. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Get on the train. Kind of introduces that, like, a little bit. Yeah. Just just a little bit. Uh, just a little bit. It's also got this, like, really twinkly, like, electric piano or organ sound of some kind. Yeah. Uh, that it uses throughout to just kind of be like, do 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 It's real, mm-hmm. real yeah, twinkly. Yeah, kind of use it to accent phrases yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that's kind of like the high end. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Yeah, because otherwise you got a very uh, like simplistic stand-up bass. It's just doing roots and like maybe fifths. Yeah, but like it's like very deep. But yeah, not mm-hmm. not much is like other than that. Like it's a very like American country arrangement. Like mm-hmm. it's got it's got the acoustic guitar and the bass and the slide guitar and the piano or whatever it is. Yeah, um, and I think there's even another organ type sound later on. So like. It's also more guitar focused. It kind of reminded me of the John Denver one a bit in that way, um, right? But yeah, it's a little. It's it. I'm not entirely sure what to think of this one. Like it's it's decent. Yeah, it's not a standout, but it is like it's interesting for you know reasons to us. One, it being a foreign language version, and capturing a sort of Western genre of music pretty well. Uh, it's not particularly like musically exciting. Not that the original was even, right. but it's it's just like like you said, it's a fairly standard composition. And uh, yeah, in that, like, it's more focused on guitar. He does a very you know laid back vocals on it. You get a little like guitar bridge. I would I, I don't even know if to call it a solo around the two minute twelve mark, but it's uh, it's like it's just a it's like a working man's cover of this. Like it's fine. So I'm listening to that guitar a bit. Yeah, it's just like a yeah. little solo, but like it's very sparse. Mm-hmm. So. Um, we get some strings, I think, in the in the later half of the song. Yeah, I would say the arrangement in this one feels a lot more like full than a lot of the other ones. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just how kind of the instruments are mixed. That could be it. Because yeah, yeah, well, I guess it's the string, the use of the strings probably, because they're kind of playing continuously, you know. And then you'll get the kind of pedal, where gu- the sliding guitar sound that, mm, yeah, does the kind of licks. But behind it, you get that, mm-hmm. like from and the all strings. of that's on top of that shaker, right? So that yeah. shaker is always there. So there's always something going. Yeah. So it it feels a lot less sparse than the other versions, which is probably the number one thing. I know I've called this one sparse already, probably, but it feels yeah. it feels a little fuller, even though it's not as like 
there's not as much stuff going on as the end of the John Denver one. Yeah, it's like full but mixed low, so it's like a quiet fullness. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Understated. Yeah. Understated. Yeah. Um speaking of stating things, I'm going to state that it's time to move on to the next version, which is Diesel in twenty sixteen. Which uh, is not is a Australian group yeah. person. Person. So person. Uh, initially it was right. Johnny Diesel and the Injectors. He went solo as Diesel. Diesel. His real name is Mark Lazat. Lazat. Um, apparently like reasonably popular in Australia. Is that two? Yeah, apparently two number the... one albums. Yeah, apparently this album, Americana, which is a cover album of American songs, uh, did pretty well. And According to his Spotify description. Okay, I, I believe it. Diesel. It's been around for like a couple of decades. Um, yeah. Right off the bat, I want to say this guy gender swaps it. He says he's an old, he's an old man. Yeah, it, it's kind of awkward, though. Yeah. Because... First of all, it's weird. Like I was, like we were talking about before, the original was sung by a man, um, but mm-hmm. it's about a woman and it's sung in the first person. Um, so he swaps that and then he changes the lyric later on. Um, he still says like, "I." Did you say I was a cowboy, or I? Mm. I think he says I was a cowboy, or maybe he said. A cowgirl. Anyway, he like switches things around. Not everything is equivalent, but like it. It is weird. I said he was a coward because like. Yeah, he, he's. <laughs> I did not. say yeah, he's a coward. Because <laughs> it's it's a very strange change because the the song is like very specifically a about a uh, a woman. Hmm. Um, and he changes it so he doesn't have to sing "I am a woman" or something like like or yeah. or. He only knows the Bonnie Raitt version, assumed it was written by a woman about a woman, and just right. swapped everything. But it's still somewhat nonsensical. Like, Yeah, it, it just it, doesn't yeah. read the same. It's not the same story anymore. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it doesn't really live up to the, to the original story, I don't think. It's not quite equivalent. Like, that, like normally it doesn't matter. Normally you can swap he's for she's and like nothing changes, you know? Yeah. Um but but it's a little more awkward in this. Yeah, that's like the first awkward thing. Um and I think you're right that he did hear the Bonnie Raitt version cuz that baseline is straight from Bonnie Raitt's version. Yes, absolutely. Um but yeah, we get a weird like first we get that weird change up. And then we get, like, a weird attitude on this song. Like, it's very, like, honky-tonk, hootenanny kind of, like... Yes, it like feels a lot country. more... Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I had a better... I thought I had a better word for it, but I don't. Um, it feels more, like, poppy, which makes sense because mm-hmm. it's more recent. Um, yeah. No, I have it written down here. I said it feels rougher, but, like, in its attitude, not like it's a rough recording or anything. Yeah, because, like, the instruments are still pretty even. Yeah. It's just, like, he's got this kind of attitude about it that, like, doesn't necessarily fit. 
Yeah, particularly, um, I think at 219, he does this. At 219, just some ad libbing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of like played in the back, and then we get real attitude on the instruments there, which leads into the the flies in the kitchen verse, which is like usually like the low point of the song, right? It's a very right. like. It's like literally but, about like not being able to do anything because you're so depressed. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he's giving it this like mm, flies in the kitchen. Yeah, because the the other thing they do in this song, um, they kind of have this like riff throughout that is based on that that bass riff from the Bonnie Raitt version. But they do this yeah. like bam bam and like it it kind of does this like quick um, crescendo and then decrescendo kind of thing. Right. Like, or it starts off really heavy and then like fades away in the at, towards the end for each repetition. Mm-hmm. And they play that at the start, and then they bring it back during the third verse. So it's kind of this, it's more kind of active during the third verse, which is weird because the third verse is about not being active. But yes, yeah. I agree. It, it is it is like some odd decisions that it just feels more like it's not very well thought out. Mm-hmm. And given that, I think what makes the original work, even the Bonnie rate, is like the the emotional tone. It's really the story of the piece that makes this song compelling more so than any instruments and things like the instruments help. Yeah. But it's conveying that feeling. Yeah. And that makes this song work. And certainly there's ways to convey that through the instruments more. So mm-hmm. this is not that way though. Um, no. Also, I have the line here. He says, I had me a cowgirl, but he also says I wasn't much to look at, which, yeah, again, like, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's, um, but, it feels, yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah. It really feels like, excuse me, sorry. It, it feels like more like it's really trying to be a country song. Like, yeah. whereas the Diesel version was kind of this non-American thing that was doing a pretty good approximation of uh, an American genre. This is the Diesel version. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The the last one, the the Swedish one. Yeah, the uh, um, Tata Nas yeah, one. The, now this Diesel one is more like, like really feels like a copy. That is yeah. not quite aligned properly, sort of thing. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's a uh, yeah. It is off. It's it's off putting, and I I really don't like it because of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like surreal. Like it's not mm-hmm. quite there. It feels wrong. Yeah. Um. Speaking of things that could be wrong, uh, Redhead Express in 2016. I am American country band consisting of four sisters. Four sisters, formerly consisting of like a whole family, which is like I think three brothers and then their parents and then the four sisters. Yeah. But the four sisters um kind of took center stage to the band and the parents became their managers and the brothers split away into their own group called the Walker Brothers, but they could have been like Walker Brother Rangers or something like that. They're from good. Alaska. So they could have, like if they wanted their state name in there, Walker Alaska yeah, Rangers. Not Walker, as good. Alaskan Rangers. No. But uh anyway, miss opportunity that's all I'm saying. Yeah. 
Um, because that's their last name. Their last name is Walker. Uh, their last name is Walker. So th- this, the Redhead Express consists of Kendra, uh, Elisa, Larray, and Megan. Kendra is the lead singer and guitarist. Elisa does second lead and fiddle and mandolin. Larray does banjo, dobro. Uh, I, I, I've written down guitar, which I think I forgot to put a G on guitar. Guitar. She does tenor harmony, <laughs> and uh, Megan does the bass and tenor harmony. Yeah, and. Uh... I do also their like origin story is that they their parents like bought an RV so they could all travel across the United States and perform. But they're yeah. from Alaska, so that means they had to get across Canada first. That's right, fuckers. <laughs> um and apparently uh, I I was reading all these just right. I don't know. Um yeah. their music is featured in a movie called Moose the Movie. Moose the movie. Which I didn't look up that movie, but it is not the fanatic starring John Travolta and written and directed by Fred Durst, which oh, is a movie written. starring a guy character named Moose. Yeah. Um, and is also not related to the Archie series. No. Um, oh, right, yeah. Moose is a character in the Archie series. Is Moose in Riverdale? Do you know? Yeah, I believe he is. Okay. I only he watched one episode. Be... Yeah, I don't know. I watched a few episodes a long time ago, and then they were like, it's all about maple syrup, Archie, don't you see? And I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> anyway, Moose. And their version. Moose. And they play country songs. This is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they have the Bonnie Raitt intro. Yeah! Uh, it's higher up. It's not like deep on the bass they're like all playing it and they got their banjo player just like doing banjo stuff yeah just finger picking in the back there yeah which sometimes banjos just do that you know yeah just kinda i think like, that's just like if you know how to play a banjo as soon as you start holding one it just starts going and you're like well fuck doing this now that's the mind of the banjo um i would say this they sound very young i mean they're pretty young yeah, yeah, it's when just. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying Bonnie Raitt's an old woman, but like. Oh right. She at least sound, uh, <laughs> like, sounds like she's got some experience woman. behind her. Right. They don't. They don't like put that weight into it because they mm-hmm. sound like young women singing about being an old woman. Yeah. Um, and then you get these harmonies in there, and you're like, yeah, this is a children's choir. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very like pretty sounding. Mm-hmm. Like they could because they have those. Um, the choruses, the harmonies come in. I'm assuming they all sing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, also... Very pop country vibes. Yes, very... There's gotta be somebody playing those drums. Is it one of those oh, yeah. four? I, I don't know. I don't know. Could Who be. knows? And piano? None of them are listed yeah, as drums well, or piano. As a piano player. Yeah. So... Other ones better be redheads. Yeah, I swear to God, if they're not redheads. Yeah, actually, based on this picture, I think one of them doesn't have red hair. One of them's a maybe. Hang on, there was a video I was watching. Tell us about the video, Alex. I've lost it. It's gone. Well. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, So, yeah, this one feels more like... This is like a... It's like a Dixie Chicks song. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> In terms of, like, there's banjo and there's violin and, like. 
and like three or more women singing in harmony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's female harmonies. That's probably the biggest part. Uh, But it it doesn't have that like roots feeling where you get that organ and stuff, you know? A little bit less of that like edge that you would get from that. And. Uh, there's also like a little a little violin solo. Yeah, it's super short. Very short. It's like two twenty five and is done in about six seconds. Very short. Um, sounds like they're about to get real on the third verse because she starts to get a little on the like toxing inside. Right. But it doesn't last very long. It just kind of goes away. Yeah, she does the first two lines, and then yeah, it goes back to just singing. Yeah, I mean, really, the thing about this one is like female harmonies and like Mm -hmm. it feels more like this like country music texture in terms of its production i guess yeah that's kind of it's a it's thing it's thing yeah it's like yeah it's pop country like it's fine yeah it's it's clearly not like i mean they're not like this they're not these artists with like massive amounts of experience and like a distinctive voice or anything as far as I can yeah. tell, they're doing a decent job of like what their thing is, which is in this case a cover of a country song. Yeah, but pretending m- to sound like the J- Dixie Chicks. Yeah, so it's fine. Yeah, it doesn't Speaking like just... totally miss the mark like the Diesel version. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like, and even if that final verse they do has like a bit of weirdness to it, like it's not not so tonally off that you you can't like still be like wow this is fine exactly and with that we're gonna move into uh jesse buckley in 2019 who is a irish singer and actress and runner-up for the musical theater themed tv show i do anything from the year 2008 i am an old woman named after my mother my old man is another yeah she's done some like reality tv and i think performing on the west end like yeah, musical that is theater correct. stuff um this is from a movie that came out fairly recently last year came um, out yeah so almost it's a exactly a release. year ago premiered at toronto film festival in 2018 mm. it was released in april 2019 it's called wild rose it's um, it's kind of like a Star is Born type story. I haven't seen a Star is Born. But, but as I like, understand it, a Star is a Born. A Star is that. Born, so it's about like space and stuff. Yeah. Like gravity, you know? Anyway, yep. um, that's enough of that. So, <laughs> like, you know, like a, a, a regular person who's played by a professional singer is yep. is a singer songwriter and someone discovers them and whatever happens next in the end it's implied i don't even know what happens in the end of a star is born but i read <laughs> the plot summary of this she goes to jail or something and like then gets nice. out of jail and can't get work and it sings and goes to nashville and leaves nashville i didn't read it that in depth though Watch the movie if you're interested in these like faux biopic stories. Yeah. Um those are always cool. Yeah. Aren't they? Uh maybe. They? I haven't seen this movie. I haven't seen A Star is Born. Neither have I. I know one nah. person who liked it. And I've Who's not that? asked anyone else that someone at work. 
Okay. Just someone I know. Um, so, you don't. You don't know them. You don't know them. Um, okay, good. Yep. Did my uh, my parents probably liked it? I don't remember if they saw it. It was a big deal when it came out, right? Oh yeah, people were nuts for it. Like. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. So this is a movie song and uh oh uh secondary note i don't think we mentioned this um the jesse buckley who sings this was nominated for a a bafta for best actress mm. uh mm. for this for this movie um mm. but is this version any good that's the question we're here to answer that's the question and the um, answer is eh. answer is not really it's kind of boring it's kind of fucking boring you know? isn't it like I, I don't even really have much to say about it. Like, it sounds kind of country, but it really sounds like they didn't put that much time into this arrangement. Like, it's very straightforward. Like, there's a guitar, there's a bass guitar. Like, guitar, yeah. Like, there's, there's an electric guitar, guitar and there's some the banjo. Back. Like, even compared yeah. to the other ones that are like, hey, we're a band and we're all doing our thing. This is just like. Some composer was like, play this, because the focus is the performance, I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't know what happens yeah. in this scene in the movie, but, like, and maybe it tells part of the story, maybe it doesn't, but, like, like the, the focus is the actress, you know? Yeah. Whatever's going on. So, like, it's just kind of there. Right. So, like, the instruments matter even less than they do in a regular version of this song. Yeah. So this is, I assume in the movie they're like, look at how well she does this bound and rate song. Oh my god, she's a wild rose. And she's like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't know what happens in the movie. Maybe she's singing. Maybe it cuts away, and someone's like, oh, look at her sing. But like, nobody cares about the band. The band does not matter in this. Yeah. So, and that kind of sucks because usually things are better when they when effort does go into the background details. But really, they just sink into the background. That's what mm-hmm. they're there to do in this song, and there's not much really going on here. I mean, her vocal performance is decent, I guess. Like, it, it doesn't sound... It, it's not better than really any of the other ones. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not the worst. It's not the... It's certainly not the best. Like, yeah, I mean, she's. it's not like she's a good enough singer to, like, blow everyone away. I don't know what's mm-hmm. happening in the scene, but like, it's, it was just kind of boring. Yeah. Maybe if you're watching it the is, movie, it's better. Supposedly, maybe. it's a, at least decent movie. It's the movie because it, it is. This song is just basically a prop. <laughs> just fucking yeah. put it in the movie, and it's like, hey, you're like, all right. Yeah, it's it's function as a storytelling device is detached from the actual meaning of the song lyrics, which kind of makes it detached and boring yeah so yeah yeah There's... with that we're gonna move into our final verdict uh we got three categories today worst version and best version and version sung by the oldest woman <laughs> alex <laughs> what's the worst version of this what's the worst why? version of this um i mean there were two we were kind of shitting on Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the the Diesel one and the Jesse Buckley, or I should rather say the Wild Rose version, because mm-hmm. I feel like that's more significant to the to why it's not very right. good. That's why, yeah, um, that's why it exists. 
because I don't want to. I don't want to blame this on Jesse Buckley. She's just being in a movie, you know. She's mm-hmm. doing a pretty decent job of singing a song, uh, or a perfectly decent job of singing a song. Yeah, um, a fine job. Yeah. Uh, probably. I'm assuming she wasn't given like that much freedom to do what she wanted with it. And I don't know anything else about her, but <laughs> because of that, I'm going to give worse to Diesel because it missed the mark like so hard. Um, there was uh, versions that fell flat and we kind of discussed this ahead of time. Like there's not that much variation among these Mm -hmm. songs, but, and that one kind of switched it up, gave it a harder edge, but like not in a sensical way. And because of that, it kind of highlighted why it was not very good. You know, it kind of outed itself. Um, yeah. And that's it yeah, that that made it that made it the worst version we talked about today. A hundred percent. I agree. That's also my choice. It was just like it left a bad taste in my mouth afterwards. Or like with Jesse Buckley, it's just like, nah, all right, like it yeah. wasn't good. Like it was just Fine. kind of uninteresting. Yeah. Uh, but the Redhead Express one was kind of uninteresting as well. Um Yeah. Although a little bit felt a little bit more it was a little bit more something because the other versions we've talked about don't have that like Dixie chick sound, you know? Yeah, exactly. That we can pick up a specific vibe from the redhead express means it's at least done something. Yeah. Uh, versus the movie version, which was just kind of uninteresting, Mm-hmm. but not bad necessarily. Not bad, but yeah, diesel just comes in with this weird energy and just kind of fucks around. You're like, ah, stop. You're hurting it. And he's like, uh, I don't like, fucking care. Yeah. Could have been like workshopped a bit more, maybe. Yeah. But that's what happens when you, you go solo and you leave the injectors out of the, the song making process. Yeah, to inject good things into songs, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Come on, buddy. We said oh, having that, zero Alex, knowledge we're, we're of, gonna... the, of his material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe Johnny Diesel and the injectors fucking suck. Who knows? Maybe. Um, best version? I mean, best I version. think I know where this is going. <laughs> There was one version we gushed about, and all the other versions we said were okay or bad. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, on on go, three, two, one, go. Three, two, two, one. One. Bonnie Bonnie Raitt. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for all the reasons we said, she brought a lot to the song. She clearly understands it. She added a little bit more distinctive instrumentation in some parts mm-hmm. that were re- was repeated for most of the other versions afterwards. Um, really kind of like made it her own thing. And as like um, John Prine has said, his performance was very much like kind of amateurish because it was his first stuff he recorded. She has some more experience at this point in time and is kind of able to bring that to the song as well as her understanding of the material. So yeah. it it just works on like every level. Like it's Yeah, she just it's like the best it's version. almost like the song was made for her. Yeah. The way she just fucking knocked it out. Yeah, it's the best version. Hands down. Enough said. Like Alex. There you go. Who is the oldest woman? Who's the oldest woman? Um, I want to give it to, I want to give it to Diesel, because I really get the idea he would not like that. (laughs) (laughs) Because, as we discussed, he's the only version who gender-swapped the lyrics. Yeah. That's a good call. I'm going to go with the Redhead Express, because by their powers combined, (laughs) they might make one, like, middle-aged woman. They might make one middle-aged woman. 
And a lot of the other ones would make no middle-aged woman because they're that's, just yeah, dudes exactly. singing the song. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's the final verdict. I like it. <laughs> Gotta love when you bring math into yeah. reading music. That's been our final verdict. If you have a similar opinion, different opinion, or want to talk about a version we didn't talk about, which I don't know why you would, but all right, uh, hit us up at uh, hashtag CoverMePod on Twitter or at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise guy. We're always looking for people to talk to us. Well, at least I am. John talks to us, and then Alex never looks on Twitter. Yeah, so. I, I forget to check Twitter. I have my notifications off. Cause... Did you see his last one about Stacy's mom? No, I didn't. It's about PE. You should check and see if you know, because I don't remember his story at all. I'm looking at it. Um, yeah, looking at it now. I will do the rest of this where I say, uh, please remember to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. If you can rate us there, do it. If you can review us there, do it. Follow us. Tell your friends about us. Um, you know, just uh, do whatever you do in isolation, but with us talking in the background, we'd love to be part of your life and what you're doing right now. Um, that was weird. It sounds like I'm your dad that hasn't talked to you in a while. Maybe I'm projecting, though. Um, <laughs> with that, <laughs> we're going to get into our bonus segment. We were and I ask Alex a question because you guys don't send us questions. Oh, you can also send us questions. CoverMePod at gmail.com. Yeah. That would be a good, we have that. <laughs> a good time to note that. Did you check that? Uh, um, yeah, it's uh, it's like synced up to my okay. email thing. But, you know, the only one who ever uses that is, again, John Bell. Shout out, John Bell. Yeah. He said oh. the first time he heard Stacy's mom was in junior high dance class in gym. Mm-hmm. And I do not remember that. Um, although I had gym class with him at least two of three years of junior high. Mm. I think just two. I think I had just the one. Um, so we definitely would have been in dance together. But I don't right. remember Stacy's mom coming up specifically. Yeah, I don't remember that. But that said, I mean... It could have been because, as you may recall, the way we had our dance classes, we'd do some classes, learn some dances, and then they would say, all right, make groups and do a dance, create a performance to whatever song you want within some limitations because it was, you know, <laughs> school. Yeah. Um, and, and like, show up, show the moves. Show us so you know the moves. Um, so it's possible that it was... It was during that, Could be. or something. Yeah. So maybe just someone, someone brought their iPod in, you know, playing Stacy's right. mom. That might have been it. Well, thank you for that, Alex. Um, yeah. Wasn't my question though. My question this week is: uh, we've been talking, we've been in kind of a downer mode because we've been, you know, talking about we dead artists been. for we have the past done four weeks. Four weeks? Is it four weeks of? Yeah. Yeah, John Prine. Um, Stacy's mom. We did ain't no sunshine. Stacy's mom. Ain't no sunshine. Kenny Gambler. Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers. Um, even down with the sickness was yeah. related to the sick yeah, the sickness to thing. This, the sickness, yeah. <clears throat> oh boy. So my question for you, Alex, is just what's a good positive feel good song you like? It's a good positive feel good. Um so I am going to add the disclaimer that mm -hmm. sometimes happy sounding songs have sad lyrics. So if right. I list a happy sounding song with sad lyrics, that might happen. Um, okay. What song really just is happy sounding? Um, mm. Do you know the song Grace Kelly by Mika? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, Alex, I do not. Because <laughs> uh, that's a happy sounding song. Um, trying to think of another one. That one is the one that always comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you the, got? The, the Frank Turner album, Positive Songs oh, for Negative that's People. That's a great one. Is, is great start to finish. Pretty much, except for maybe like Song for Josh is a bit of a downer. Yeah, some of them, like it, it slows down, but like so yeah. much of it is this just this like po- like positive defiance. Yeah, Get Better in particular. Yeah. Um, Glorious You is a real banger. Actually, like Get Better, Next Storm, Opening Act of Spring, Glorious You is pretty much yeah. like even like nonstop. Even like Love 40 Down, it's yeah. about like being in a bad place, but like just like trying your best and like to just make it better you know Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean that's they're positive songs that's the name of the album that's definitely that's definitely a big one for me as well um i'm just trying to think of positive sounding songs um don't stop me now by queen is a is a non-stop like dopamine fest you know what's uh, you know what's a happy sounding song that is also mm-hmm. about just like staying home kind of mm-hmm. um is uh looking out my back door yeah, uh, by buddy. CCR because it's like I got back from this trip and like I'm just chilling I'm at home yeah he's like it's chilling I got everything I need right here <laughs> like fuck yeah then that's a very happy sounding song as well so that is a very that happy one sounding well. song I think those are good ones that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a I lot of them. One. There's a lot of them. Uh, yeah. If you guys have some of them that you want to tell us about, uh, hashtag positive feel good. Or like up on the roof. There's another oh, good fuck one. Yeah. About like sometimes the world gets you down, but like there can be a place where where you can be happy. Yeah, up on the roof. Or it's sequel Thanks. under the boardwalk. <laughs> that's kind of true actually because they say they talk about being up on the roof and then they're like but we also like fucking under the boardwalk okay guys you guys the drifters just getting at it (laughs) yeah getting hot and horny yeah i mean i don't think there's another like interpretation of the term making love right like that's always just meant sex as far as i know so, like, it's sandy, but whatever. But hot damn, if it ain't if it super ain't good. Nice and out of the sun, I guess. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. So, yeah. check it out. Feel That's good. It. Check it out. Oh, and for once in I- my life. For once in my life. Yeah, that's another banger. The uh, Stevie Wonder version. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many. So many, so but those many. are just few. So if those you're feeling bummed out, yeah, maybe chuck some of those check on. Check some of those out. Uh, I think that's kind of our our plan for the near future is maybe checking mm-hmm. some of those out as well. Yeah, because re- it's been kind of a downer few weeks. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna bump up the good vibes here. The good vibrations. Yeah, wink, wink, wink. It's we're not doing good vibrations, everyone. Yeah, we just we, we might, just did a Beach Boys song. Yeah. Not that we couldn't do another one soon after. We don't have rules. Yeah. There is no rules. And if there were Lincoln Park. If there were rules, we would make them. Like Yeah. And break them. Yeah. Fuck y'all. Fuck us. Fuck us. 
it's we are the system and we're also against the system yeah it's called self-sabotage yeah we have to tear ourselves down anyway the hashtag is the hashtag positive feel good hit us up with your positive feel good songs and i deleted the lyrics to the song before i could get a fucking hang on hang on hang on here we go as we always say on cover me I am an old podcast named after a Bruce Springsteen song. Cover me.